And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Moda Keel for a wacky Wednesday night recap. Coming up, the good, the bad, and the first quarter of Bucks Raptors. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA show. All right, so guys, Wednesday nights in the NBA are absolutely insane, and this Wednesday night was one of the nuttier ones. And we're going to start with a game that neither Mo nor I really got a chance to cover because you don't expect the Pistons and the Warriors to give you very much. Uh, but this one gave us a pretty good finish, Mo. An unbelievable finish down the stretch. I mean, uh, let's just talk about the final two plays. Warriors are down three with four seconds left. Steve Kerr draws up a play, throws it to... Anthony Lamb on the weak side after they clear out the everything on the weak side, throw it to Lamb, and then he hits Clay coming off of a screen, almost like a high post split action. Clay buries the three. One second left. You're thinking like, okay, cool, it's overtime. I was actually texting you, Dave, in the moment, going like, I think Piston Warriors going to overtime. Be ready. And you know, before I hit send on that, Sadiq Bay hits the game winner for the Pistons. Sadiq Bay hits a three, just kind of falling away as time expires to give the Pistons a 122-119 win. Uh, Clay Thompson had 30 in this game, so following up his big game the other night. Jordan Poole, man, down the stretch, he's got a problem turning the ball over. I'll tell you that. The last couple of possessions I watched, I mean, he just doesn't give you a lot of confidence down the stretch. But that's all we've got on Warriors-Pistons. Another crazy game at the end of the night. The Atlanta Hawks somehow beat the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. And Mo, you and I literally, we just walked through the last couple of possessions trying to figure out exactly how they blew the game. And I'm going to blame it on Demonis Sabonis missing two late free throws. I mean, you've just got to hit your free throws, guys. It's it's really that simple. Down the stretch, you know, that he has a chance to put his team up three. He misses free throws. He ends up fouling DeJounte Murray on the other end of the court. Murray makes his free throws. They go up one. And now from there, you're you're kind of playing catch-up. Murray with a beautiful strip on De'Aaron Fox. Goes the other way, makes a bucket. They're up three now. And now in the after-timeout play, the Kings had a timeout left. So I'm not all that mad, as our colleague Seth Partner would call it a quack two. I'm not all that mad about them running a play for a two, but they got to run it with pace. They ran it too slow. It allowed the Hawks to defend them. Hawks get a stop. They win the game. Moving on to Cleveland, Evan Mobley was one of eight until he hit a 14-foot jumper with four seconds left to give the Cavs a comeback win over the Suns, 90-88. to 
Donovan Mitchell actually makes a really nice read on this play, Mo. Driving to the basket, Mobley re- relocates for the little elbow jumper, and he just sticks it. And he he actually, I don't know if you noticed, when he got up in the air, he kind of paused a little bit. You could tell he got a little tight. I can't believe he made it. Yeah, no, first off, never doubt a Trojan. Um, I think the most important thing, though, was just him relocating because the whole defense went with Mitchell. Everybody thought Mitchell was going to shoot that there, you know, and in that opportunity, he finds that open spot. And more importantly, even if Mitchell shot it, he's in prime position for an offensive rebound. It's just more important. It's what I talk about a lot is when the ball moves, you move. And that's exactly what Mobley did right into the open spot, gave Mitchell a passing outlet and yo, they get a game winner out of that. Yeah, it's a pretty big win in what could have been a little bit of a letdown coming off this 71-point game for Donovan Mitchell. He was 6-20 of 20 from the field, said he didn't have his legs, Mo. And look, man, I, I think we can give him a pass on this one. I, mean, they still get I the thought win. you should have I thought I should have given him the game off. <laughs> I would have been like, the night off. And I'll tell you what, man, uh, both of these teams kind of took the first quarter off. They combined for 29 total points in the first quarter, which is the lowest scoring first quarter all season until... <laughs> the Bucks and the Raptors showed up to play a basketball game. I guess we could call it that. Uh, the the Bucks and Raptors saw that and immediately just said, "Hold my beer, please." Somehow that- <laughs> they combined for twenty five first quarter points. Milwaukee led Toronto thirteen to twelve at the end of one, and then it was thirty nine thirty seven at halftime. I mean, this is a high school basketball score. Uh, Mo, both of these teams in the first 16 minutes of the game had 0 of 13 shooting stretches. Now, listen, this the story of this game to me, and we're going to get to the actual game story, but the story of this game, Milwaukee doesn't have any players right now, and they're on the second night of a back-to-back. Toronto, they just stink. And they were home. They were at home. You would think you're more comfortable at home, in your home gym, all of that. This was a pathetic performance. In the first quarter from both teams in that in that effort, you just watched it. It was just really like, what the hell? Um, but it still became a hell of a game, Dave. Mo, the Bucks led this game 90 to 69 with 350 left in the fourth quarter. Let me repeat this. 90 to 69 with three minutes and 40 seconds left. Now, there are collapses. I don't know that I can name another collapse like this one. 21-point lead in less than four minutes. Have you ever seen it before? No, but, you you know, Dave, it's so funny because, like, even when you said that, and I watched the game, but even when you said that, it still didn't make sense to me. I still didn't believe it. That's an absurd, absurd lead to give up. I mean, the give a ton of credit to the Raptors doing a great job staying in it easily. Everybody, even Nick Nurse, 21-point lead, you're you're emptying your bench after the three-minute timeout. You you really are. But look, the uh, and, and the Bucs did. The Bucs did. And then everybody choked away the lead, had to bring back your starters, and from there it just developed into Bobby Portis turnovers, Giannis missed free throws, unbelievable shot making. They go to overtime. And... Listen, we, we got to talk about Scotty Barnes because we've been hammering him. He's had a rough year. Um, he had a rough first three quarters of this game. He had 17 points, and they all came in the fourth quarter in overtime. And honestly, Mo, it, it was some it was some of the stuff that we saw from him last year. I thought he got really aggressive, especially getting getting into the paint. Finished over Brooke Lopez. I mean, he, he's not exactly the, the thickest guy, but 
used his body pretty well. I liked what I saw out of him late in the game, but you know, you need you need four quarters of that from him. This, this team doesn't have enough talent. They're relying on him. Yeah, and I think second year guy, you just got to let him figure it out with all of that. Let's I I want to go to the actual the Bucks real quick cuz this is another game where they've given up leads. They're they've came away with the win in overtime. But they have done this too many times now down the stretch. They blew the game against Chicago when they had a big lead. I know they're out a lot of guys, but you can't give up leads like that. That's a problem. That's something you got to pay attention to as we move on. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Speaking of Chicago, the Bulls got to break them up. They just snapped the hottest win streak in the league, the Nets, losing the game to the Chicago Bulls, 121-112, even though Kevin Durant scored 44 points. Uh, Mo, we we on Nerder this week, here's a little uh, Nerder preview. On Nerder, we talked about the, all the scoring, and we thought, you know, somebody's going to get 50 tonight. And Durant came close with 44, but it wasn't enough. The Bulls just had a little bit more juice tonight than the Nets. They had a little more juice, but also, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Vucevic, another Trojan, uh, just overpowering the Nets. And I felt like he kind of just had, you know, 21 points. Basically felt like they were all in the paint for the most part. 13 rebounds. He was dominant. He dominated them with the size. Patrick Williams had a hell of a game. Like, I feel like you're what you're watching just across the board, everybody on the Bulls performed for the most part. And, you know, despite KD's 44 points, they were able to kind of pull away. Yeah, if I told you that DeMar DeRozan only had 22 and Zach Levine only had 13, you probably wouldn't think that the Bulls would pull this out. But Patrick Williams had had some big shots in this game. I thought some of his cutting was nice, finished well around the rim. And, and you mentioned Vooch just playing big. You know, is that something that you think the Nets maybe – should be seeing more of. I mean, they they really don't have a, a a true big that can hold up in there. I don't think Ben Simmons or Nick Claxton were able to withstand Vooch, and Vooch isn't exactly like a monster in the post. No, but this was this is the Nets Achilles heel. This is one of those games where they got out rebounded, forty six to thirty four, and that's really their problem. Whenever they're going to lose the rebounding battle, they're probably going to lose the game, and that's what wasn't happening a ton in that 12-game win streak, and I think that's more their concern is just they lost the gang rebounding in this one. Anthony Edwards scored 13 of his 32 points in the fourth quarter, just taking over another game, getting another win without Carl Anthony Towns. 113-106, Minnesota beats the Blazers. Rudy Gobert had 17 points and 12 rebounds. And Mo, Anthony Edwards is the story of this game to me. You know, I, I think that when he is aggressive, like we saw him being in the fourth quarter of this game, not just for himself, but for others. I mean, he found Rudy Gobert for what should have been a lob, but it's Gobert and he had to come down with it and, and was finding shooters all over the place. Torian Prince hits a big step back late in this one. But Anthony Edwards' aggressiveness equals success for the Timberwolves so far. 
yeah, aggressiveness and there's a lot of space for them, you know, and I think there's a lot more opportunities for him to kind of cook and, 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 and operate a little bit more as the main ball handler. I think that's really what we're going to end up seeing eventually happen as this team kind of get turned over to him. You know, not the most efficient night, but still, like, he was rolling. And I think that's an important thing there. And they did just enough to beat the Blazers. Like, the Blazers kept threatening, kept kind of coming back, coming back and making it close. And then all of a sudden, a little bit of a spurt from the Wolves to get a little more breathing room. And it went back and forth like that for quite a while. I think that was the uh, the big difference. But down the stretch, man, you you even texted it to me. Edwards took over. Yeah, and he was, again, he's scoring inside, scoring outside. And that's... With the space that he has to operate without Carl Anthony Towns out there, you can see a big difference in his game. Kyle Anderson has been big since he's come back, got five assists in this game, just having another playmaker out there. Uh, we got to talk about Gobert. No Naz Reed in this game, so they were shorthanded. The Timberwolves were shorthanded. Um, Luke Garza comes off the bench, plus 15 and 13 minutes off the bench for 14 points. Rudy Gobert was minus eight in his 35 minutes. Now, look – Plus minus, single game plus minus, doesn't say everything. But that tells me quite a bit. You give more space to this offense, and it seems like good things tend to happen. Yeah, I mean, plain and simple. And that's what you get kind of with Garza. You know, he's able to pull out and step out and knock down a three. He's able to kind of just create more opportunities. But he certainly did have a little bit of a little bit of revenge factor against the Blazers who, you know, he was on their summer league team. Dave, he's looking at it going like, I should have been on your main roster. The Sixers had to get it to overtime to beat the Pacers 129 to 126. You know what, man? There's one guy I want to talk about from this game. Trez Harrell. That dude tightened his boots up extra tight today. He was eight of nine, had a few big blocks, and they don't win this game, Mo, if it isn't for Trez Harrell. Yeah, no, I thought he was great. I thought Maxie down the stretch made some big plays for them to get this thing to overtime. A lot of interesting... uh shall we say, uh, calls uh, on on uh, going uh, not Indiana's way in this one. will be a very interesting two-minute report. But listen, Harrell was awesome down the stretch in terms of just defending. And I thought that was a big difference for them. You know, and something you, we don't expect from Montrez. And I think that's something that the, the Sixers can try to build upon there with no Joel Embiid out there tonight. Yeah, James Harden continues his quiet, well, I don't even want to call it a resurgence because I don't know that he... Uh, ever really fell off as hard as we said. 26 points, oh, 8 did. assists. He did. He did. He <laughs> fell off hard. Oh, we can do that. De'Anthony Melton hits a, hits a couple threes, in, including he hits a go-ahead three in overtime uh, to give the Sixers the win, much to Keith Parrish's chagrin. And, uh, you know, Buddy Hield had a pretty nice game with 24 points for the Pacers. That's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. Mo, I am exhausted. Let's get out of here. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.